0: Welcome to the Multidimensional Evolution Podcast with me, Kim McCall. The premise underpinning discussions on this podcast is that life extends beyond the physical dimension, that death is not the end of life, that we are all connected energetically with each other, both in the physical dimension and across dimensions, and that there is a purpose to our life that involves growth, healing, and assistance to each other. We will be having conversations to expand your consciousness help you reconnect with your essential self, and live life as an integrated, multidimensional human being. But given the subject matter, a request. Don't believe in anything, including what is shared here. Experiment, have your own experiences, and always use discernment. The musical introduction to this episode is by Finnish fusion artist Axel Teslov and his song Reincarnation. Before getting into today's program, I would like to extend my deepest appreciation to you for listening to these conversations. I am producing this podcast as a way to share information about life beyond the physical because I believe that this kind of understanding can profoundly enrich our life, help us heal the hurts from our past and create a more connected, peaceful and loving future. But of course, information alone is not enough. We need to practice, experience, and integrate those experiences. A lot of the people I interview provide some kind of opportunity through courses, coaching, or workshops for you to experience their various offerings. And if anybody you hear on this podcast resonates, I encourage you to follow your guidance and learn some new techniques from them, apply them in your life. I am also offering some really practical workshops online from time to time, with a focus on energy work, and the out-of-body experience. If you want to stay in the loop about upcoming opportunities to train with me, I invite you to like my Facebook page, Multidimensional Evolution, which is where I will be notifying any events. Otherwise, if you want to show your support to this podcast, I encourage you to get a copy of my book, Multidimensional Evolution, Personal Explorations of Consciousness. If you're into the topics discussed here, I promise you will enjoy the book too. And now on with today's guest. My guest today is Simone Musida, who spoke with me from her home in Miami, Florida. Simone has a degree in psychology and has extensive experience as an organizational psychologist with different types of businesses and not-for-profit organizations. The focus of our conversation, however, is around her research of consciousness under the Conscientological Paradigm for over two decades. She has been a volunteer instructor of Conscienciology since 2001. In case you haven't listened to any of the previous episodes where I speak with other researchers of Conscienciology, it is a consciousness research discipline that originates from Brazil. Conscienciology has grown into a vast academic discipline. Our discussion is centered on two entries Simone has written for the extensive Encyclopedia of Conscienciology. The first deals with her main specialization, which is known as Thosinology, the subdiscipline of conscienciology, that studies the interaction and all the multidimensional repercussions between thoughts, sentiments and energy. In other words, we examine the fundamental nature of our thoughts and emotions to our energetic manifestation in this dimension. Simone's second entry is super practical because it deals with the negative or detrimental effects of gossiping within individuals' lives as well as in groups of different sizes. Considering the impact of gossip from a multidimensional perspective really made me appreciate the importance of integrity and directness in our communication. I hope you enjoy this conversation. (laughs) All right, Simone. Thanks so much for coming on, and I'm really looking forward to um, getting you to talk about the the Encyclopedia of Conscientiology and especially your specific research interests.
1: Oh, thank you, Kim, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Um, but before we get into the detail, I would love if you could tell us a bit about yourself, your background, and maybe starting with. So, you know, you're now in Miami, you're originally from Brazil, so maybe we can talk about how you ended up there. But perhaps starting with, um, how did you get into Consenziology and into the research of consciousness?
1: Okay, yes, that's an interesting story because I met Consenziology through a friend who uh, was living in New York at that time. And she introduced me to the uh, lecture and she uh, invited me to attend a lecture. And I had a really good connection with the ideas. I went to the free lecture at that time and uh, we were both already studying multidimensionality and extra physical uh, things and, you know, metaphysical.
0: So, So, So
1: I was already studying that.
0: How did you get into that? Like what, 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 what triggered your interest? Because, you know, not everybody is interested in, in that aspect of life. What, what brought about that interest for you?
1: Yeah, I didn't have any drastic experience. That, uh, but it was since I was l- a child, I had some questionings. I had uh, questions about the power of the mind. I kind of had that as a, I considered that as an innate idea that I had, that I knew that we could, uh, that that was a powerful tool. And I had those insights about that. I, as a child, I was extremely sensitive to, today we talk about as energies and things like that. Back in the days, I didn't know it was energy, but I was more sensitive than, than most kids. And um then, you know, little by little I started to learn uh you learn about you know what that sensitivity is all about or being a little bit more empathic, empathic. And then, well, I did lose my father when when I was very little. So I think that might help what what happened was that my mother she started studying, studying and learning a lot about energies, uh, reading cosmic energies, about lobes and grand third eye, and all of that. So, uh, Alan Kardec, spirit. So, so, you were in
0: Brazil when you lost your father, yes? You're still in Brazil?
1: I was in Brazil, yes. I and was in Brazil are. when I lost my father. So and
0: I imagine for your mother, then, spiritualism might have been a framework to try and understand what happened to him or maybe contact Exactly, you. Kim. Yeah.
1: Yes. You know, trying to understand, you know, the all of that. So she was quite intuitive, my mother, but I don't think she understood that back then either. Uh, so she, in her search to understand what had happened to my father or to get a closure, I would say, you know, so she uh, studied all of these things. So I didn't, uh, I got influenced through her because that, that was the, I saw her in my whole childhood reading about these things, right? And going to places to get answers and to try to reach out to my father or to, you know, I guess to heal herself, you know from the the sorrow of having losing of, of from having uh, lost him so early after uh, you know during their the first 10 years of their relationship so that you know it kind of uh, it built my my upbringing with all of that and i think in a way it makes you think more about, uh, you know, life after death and if that is real or that kind of thing because I was heavily influenced by by my my mother's sorrow, in a way, and also by her quest, right? For answers about that. And as you know, in Brazil, spirit is, it is a, a doctrine. No, it's, a, it's a religion, in mm. way. and uh, it's very common that you see. I mean, most Brazilians have heard or have seen it, or have, or someone in their family are involved with this. Absolutely, right? When
0: I was, when I was working, in, I was an English teacher in Brazil for a year, and so many mm. of my students either were involved in spiritualism or, or, like you said, knew someone who was, and yeah.
1: Yes. I really don't think anybody that, uh, you know, have lived there that have not come uh, across something like that. And so it's a huge part of our culture. So then, um, so I have that, but, you know, you grow up, you, you know, you're a teenager and then you are a young adult. You go into other things, right? And You forget about these things. But I had the, those questions inside of me that I want to answer and that I want to understand a little bit more about it. And the way that I found when I left Brazil and actually went to New York, um, I went to study. I went, you know, in a a way to get away a little bit. It was like a a good way to get away. I, I had this passion about the English language since I was young. And I remember wanting to take classes. And in Brazil, in school, we would. Like, we do take classes here uh, in high school. You take a second language yeah. course. So in Brazil, it was pretty much English. right? There's no other language that anybody would want to learn. Okay. And the most important for most people would be English. So I had this also, this kind of connection that I really wanted to learn. So when I came here... I met this friend who introduced. Well, we were talking about parapsychism more you know, parapsychology, about metaphysics, and we started to look for. Or uh, well, she was a avid reader, so she everything she would read or any book she would then suggested it, give it to me, and things like that. So you know, Deepak Chopra, uh, then other. Um, Wendy Dyer, uh, Carolyn Wise, so many of these authors that back in the days, you know, in movies that it would be related to uh, energy work, the Celestine Celestine prophecy, that kind of thing. That, uh, um, you know, the kind of uh, you start reading and going through it.
0: So this was in the 90s, uh, early 90s, or?
1: Yes, yeah. yes, 94, 93, 94. Yep. Yeah. So I had that already inside. It was already prepped. I knew what I didn't want. I knew that I didn't want anything too, too mystical or palm readers. No offense. Mm-hmm. But it's just because I had already seen a lot of that in Brazil. I grew up seeing that. So every corner in Brazil, we would find someone, some good ones, some fake ones. Hmm. So, but uh, so I had I wanted something I want I wanted more, but I didn't know exactly what it was. And when I found this friend in the metaphysical center, she found a a flyer uh, about describing Valdo's Valdo's, uh, biography and talking a little bit about him. Uh, and also that they had this institution that was going to um, give free lectures in New York. Of course, I had already heard about them because Chico Xavier—it's a very popular psychic—and yes. the work they did together.
0: Chico and Valdo, everybody in Brazil. So, so everybody in Brazil I, sort of knew Chico Xavier, right? And and I guess Valdo as well was pretty well known, right?
1: Yes, pretty well known. And then because Valdo took the more scientific approach and uh, uh, Chico did more popular and he remained uh, until his death doing more, uh, a different type of ass- assistance yeah. but Chico, Xavier, right? So he, he, he became more popular in Brazil in that sense. But... Um, so I already knew about, of course, the work they have been doing it, and it wasn't the same state that I was from. Or that I was from, no, and I'm still from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still from their state, uh, and then um, yeah. So I went to the class. I went to the, the lecture in New York, and uh, then when I heard the the, the instructor the giving the talking about conscientology, and the first thing they said is do not believe in anything have your own experiences and I was like I like this I like this idea right and so little things like that little things no major things right like that that kind of uh, um, it kind of hooked me into the idea and I remember leaving that the, the lecture saying you know I a lot of the, well, I left the lecture saying that, oh, I think I found my group. I found what I was looking for to my friend, telling her. Because a lot of the ideas had a lot, I had a lot of affinity with everything that they were saying. About energies, the astral projections, out of body experience, or astral projection, near-death experience, and things like that. I have been kind of perhaps looking for something a little bit more, uh, a little bit more towards the scientific side, like more, have your own experiences. Don't believe in anything. Yeah. Uh, try it out, right? Try it out. And the, the energy part also, and the ill spirits was something also that I already had That The what, that the I what spirits? The, the um, ill spirits, like the spirits oh, okay. who who need are not assistance. so balanced. Yeah. They need assistance that they have. They are not so balanced, that kind. Yeah. They're, they're, so they spoke about, about a lot of that in a very open way, right? Which for me was interesting because I haven't heard much. Um, uh, I heard about them uh, in Brazil, but in you know, even in Brazil, you don't, you don't, they don't talk much about them. We know they exist, but it's almost a little taboo. Nobody wants to talk much about. it.
0: This is about intruders. So yeah, I like about, it. about intrusive, extra physical, consciousnesses. Yeah.
1: Consciousness, yes, exactly. Yeah, so, definitely some
0: fear around that. I, I think maybe people are afraid even of evoking something by naming it. Yes, hmm. isn't
1: it? That is a lot of fear, even for people who understand about, about that, and or uh, people in this in, uh, in spiritism. That I, you know, you, I guess, you know, it, it takes a lot of understanding and knowing, you know, and this this mystifying a little bit about that for the person to not feel afraid or to create the the balance needed not to attract, attract those consciousness, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's, I feel like in, in a way, it's pretty much as the, you know, what you you attract intraphysical beings or human beings that we attract, that we have surrounded us. The same thing with non-physical. Yeah, right? so they, yeah.
0: And I think we'll really get into that topic when we talk about one of your, um, one of your, uh, for a bit, entries, right? But, um, but so, so I'm curious. Interest. So, you went to this lecture, you know, it really resonated with you. You were in New York, yeah. right? But you said that you, was
1: in,
0: you mentioned you you returned to Brazil because you mentioned to me that you thought that we met um, in Rio. In yes,
1: we met there in '97, Kim. You know, what happened was that I met the constant and then we. I went to Brazil to take the advanced course, uh-huh. one of the advanced courses yeah. from conscientology. Uh-huh. They had a meeting there too, remember? Yeah. They had the meeting and I think that was in 97. And I had already done all the other courses and I loved it. I was single, I had a lot of time. I was working, I was working for a Brazilian bank at that time. And uh, but I had time, and I was like I was taking all the classes, and I was so in love with it. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is what I really, you know I want I really want to study more of this, and I dedicate a lot of my time doing that. And uh, And then I went to Brazil to take the advanced course. And that's when I saw you, I met you. yeah And it was very, yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and then you so you did the advanced but you you your life was in, in the US at that stage.
1: It wasn't it wasn't in the US. I had a full-time job. I uh I was actually already starting going to back to school and studying uh well I was still doing a lot of classes, but it was you know going towards I was working in the finance in the in the bank but wanting to do psychology. So I started taking classes about that. So I was I was busy, but I wanted, I knew what I wanted, you know, that eventually I would get probably uh, go towards both directions that I, I like both things. I like finance and business and I like psychology. So now I'm kind of doing both, which I like it. So yeah, Yeah, we gotta, we gotta leave, right? We gotta leave. So we, we don't live with energies. Money is energy. Yeah,
0: absolutely. (laughs) Um, and so do you, you, um, did you then become a volunteer with the, I guess at the time it was still International Institute of Project Geology and Consensiology, yes, IIPC? In, yes, in it was York, IIPC
1: or? in New York yeah. in New York City on 49th in Lexington. Okay. And um, yeah, well, before I got to the meeting, I had already met the instructors over the phone. So when I got there, They, um, it was, uh, she's also uh, uh, someone who, um, well, she, I had already spoken with her. And when I got there, after the lecture, I bought a book, The Projections of the Consciousness, which is a very good book to start. And I bought the book and then I offered that if they need any help that they, you know, They uh, Back then, they needed people to put flyers, you know, to help with uh, disseminating or things like that. I was like, oh, anything you need. Just let me know and, uh, you know, if I can help, I'll help. So, I had that kind of a quick, um, uh, back then, it was Simone De La Tour and Kevin De La Tour. They were the two instructors. You remember them,
0: Yeah, right?
1: (laughs) You heard of them.
0: Yeah. I met some.
1: So, they were... You met them, yeah. So, yeah, I went with them. We went to Rio with them and, and okay. also to yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was a good, uh, it was a good, uh, yeah. So I had, I was like, you know, this is awesome. And I want to help them because they asked. Simone was really uh, um, direct. And she said, if anybody would like to volunteer, we are we're just starting the work here. We have three volunteers. We're looking for volunteers and that kind of thing. And, you know, some people did volunteer and helped. uh, And then I was one of the first, I was, you know, one of them. And uh, they had already other volunteers. And then the the rest is history. Here I am, you know, 20 years later. It's just, uh, I feel like it's a, yeah, well, it becomes part of your. It's a lifestyle, right? Some people say. Even though we had, even though we had some uh, interruptions of our work, but uh, yeah, um, I think it's a very good. Uh, it's a, has a lot of value. Right? Conscientology has a lot to, to teach.
0: It's a very rich framework, absolutely, and I mean. I think maybe it might be worth explaining if people are listening who are not familiar with it, that all those organizations around consciousnessology have been volunteer-based. So that's just the nature of them, that people are really volunteering um, because they feel passionate about the work and they really think it can make a difference to um, our understanding of multidimensional life and ourselves here as um, human beings and our role here, right?
1: Um. Right, yeah, this is really fascinating i think and and uh, Valde, which was the you know the the founder of the, the of it was something that he was very um strict about it that it is a volunteer based organization the authors they volunteer also the the copyrights and they and we everybody. It's a consciential link. So the person, and I see a lot, I see why this is so important in a way, because once you, if you get paid, it, it, it's different, the time of, uh, of the connection that you have with the institution. And we would not be able to grow also. I don't think we would be able to grow if as much if we had to pay everybody, if this became like a source of income for everybody, because, you know, Brazil, you know, it's not, if we have to kind of uh, provide for everybody and when they, uh, for the instructors and and we would have to charge much more, right? The students, we have to charge much more from the students. And uh, then less people would be able to attend. And here in the U.S., I participated since the beginning. So I went through all the phases of it. And I saw that, you know, uh, if we would, this is not something that everybody would, would like. Why? Because we are used to something a little bit more that people, let's say, for instance, that we would get people to go in and, with less less work, this is some is a very individual work that you go, you learn something, and you have to work by yourself. So it's not very, you know, it's not very appealing.
0: You're not given a lot, a lot of, of a lot of things that appeal. I think are like transformational weekends, right? You go somewhere for a weekend, and you're promised at least that there's some kind of transformation in the personal growth space. I'm saying right, whereas with conscientiology, it's much more. Like you said, it's kind of like a lifestyle, right? Here's a lot of information about and techniques, and you build them into your life. And um... yes.
1: and Kim, even the beginning when I did not understand the the full validity of of doing it yourself, but if you really want to advance. In the, you know, in your evolution, in your parasite kids, and take charge of your own evolution. There is no other way. There's no other way of doing it in my, from my point of view, because all the energy work that we do, they, all the energy work that we do, it's to make us more aware. So if we are really looking for awareness and you want to really understand multidimensionality and have the direct experience with that, it's like there's no other way than we go and have the experience by ourselves. It's like, you know, I cannot have an out-of-body experience for you, and neither you can have one for me. It's nice to hear these stories but that doesn't change me that much. Mm. But you can have one out of other experience that can change you a lot, right? So one thing is to say, there are a lot of spirits in that room and they are very nice and, 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 and they are very enlightened. The other thing is like when I feel them, when I see them, when I can perceive them communicating with me, it's a totally, total different story, right? So I think that's what the right? It's like, and the other part of it is like, we need to know ourselves, right? We need to work and to understand ourselves, to improve ourselves um, in the sense that uh, studying us, which is the base of conscientiality, right? The study of the consciousness, who we are in essence, it's another big part of it too, that nobody can do for us. Nobody can touch our micro-universe, not even, you know, your best uh, helper or your gar- uh, angel or guardian angel, or whatever okay. names, you know, call it, right? But, you know, if we have someone, nobody can touch our micro-universe. That's another thing. That we know, we we should know who we are. We should know, you know, our values and how we feel about things and and all of that. That um, a lot of the old philosophers and wise ones have been saying the same thing, right? Know thyself. So we know that this is not something new. Mm. It's not, and, and so we have a lot of that from the past that uh, it's it's there for us to to take and and make, you know, some connections with conscientiology. So I think it's a very complex frame of work, like you said, that can give us a lot of tools for us to work for the rest of our lives. It doesn't stop. It gets better. It gets more exciting. It depends how you look at it because, uh, you know the more information you have and more awareness it has a price right everything has a price so sometimes so what's you know the price more, but you have more responsibility it is worth
0: yeah, abso- yeah. <laughs> yes
1: absolutely
0: mm. Mm. well let's let's turn to um, the encyclopedia of conscienciology right so this is a um I would say probably for most people that aren't really steeped in this, quite an obscure thing. Um, Firstly, it's obscure because it's, as far as I know, at this stage really only exists in Portuguese. Um, And it is built around a whole set of neologisms, of new words um, created for consensiology or by consensiologists over the the last twenty odd years, uh, maybe a bit longer um, so in some ways it's a very esoteric piece of work, but I was thinking about it you know it's it's I, I feel it's going to be a kind of a resource that more much more practical work will flow out of for a long time to come you know as people go and study bits and pieces from it and and um and apply things practically but um you know i actually you know i don't know that much about the encyclopedia it it was developed started to be developed long after i left brazil and i had much to do with uh organizations so maybe you can talk a little bit about what it is and then we'll dive into your um into your couple of uh, encyclopedic entries
1: okay um Well, I'm not, I'll tell you this uh, for the record, that I'm not the, 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 you know, the expert in the the encyclopedia, and of course, you know, we have people in Brazil who are 100 times better, that could talk much more and in depth about the encyclopedia, but... I can speak a little bit, yeah. but I know I know enough and I, I volunteer for them, even though I'm not the best volunteers that they have, because I'm here and the, all the work happens there, but I, I'm proud, I'm a proud volunteer. And um, um but the encyclopedia started with Valdo, Valdo Vieira writing. He was the only one, he wrote the first. I think, 2,000 entries. And then, which I think this is fascinating, uh, he had um, one of his helpers, one of the top-notch ones, telling him, suggesting that he would open up for other people to to start writing, to open up the encyclopedia and let... Anybody who understood about consensualogy and who want to write and there was a, a, we have a very specific format, but that he, they suggested him to, to open up for other people. And this changed, it changed the game completely because you don't have to, actually you don't even have to be a volunteer. You can write, but like you said, it's, you know, uh, and for me this is amazing because I think this is such a good opportunity for everybody who perhaps would love to have a a venue that they can put uh, that they can write something in in with with the multidimensional perspective in mind. Which there are a lot of people in Brazil who. Are, are doing that, right? And not only that, and then you have the opportunity to defend your verb right? Your entry, your encyclopedia uh, entry, and yeah. that is recorded, and you have an opportunity to be published, a part of a, a group, of a group uh, work, and um, so I think this is fascinating because it gives. Everyone wonder opportunity. And I think this is really, when you talk about top-notch helpers, you know, inspiring or giving suggestions, you can see that this is a very um, universalistic approach. Mm. And it doesn't matter if you want it. For now, we only have the encyclopedia in Portuguese. But I know people who... Portuguese is not their first language that they have uh, uh, written, right? They took the challenge. It is a challenge even for Portuguese speakers because of the format. It is and, a very
0: specific format, right? We might touch on that in a sec. Yeah.
1: Yes, and we have we have some uh, entries translated already. So right now we have more than five thousand entries. Uh, and uh, the encyclopedia, it, it has you know several uh, books already printed. We print the encyclopedia. We have uh, it's all run by volunteers, like you, you said it. Think also the encyclopedia, everything. I am, I am a friend of the encyclopedia, so this is a way of also of supporting the, the, the institution. They have a program because they have the facilities there. So everything is run by volunteers, Mm. right? And uh, it's such a, uh, it's something that, um, it's a lot of work for, you know, to have. And also, I don't know if you know, but the Encyclopedia, we have uh, uh, a YouTube presentation uh, every single day. They have- So so uh, every
0: day there's a a new entry a new entry presented, right, discussed, so there's a a group debate, and uh, I guess, I I don't know if there's some sort of process of it being accepted or not accepted. Is there something like that, or um, Um, can it happen uh, that people will say, oh, no, we don't accept this into the encyclopedia, or?
1: Yes, no, there is one, there are two things. One is that uh, you have to submit the topic that you want to write about it. And it has to be approved. Yeah. It's just because sometimes they might say, "Well, this has already been written a lot," or but they, the the team they would do everything they can to help you um, find a different uh, team or suggest another way and something like that. And some of the some of the you can write a, a, a entry. And because of the, the encyclopedia, it's, it's getting so big that after some of the, of the entries might not be in the printing part of it, just perhaps because I actually don't know a lot about the, the, the rules for that, but I think it's more like if they already have a lot of things on that subject mm-hmm. and it might not be as relevant, you know, it's, it's important, but not to be printed in, yeah. the, in the paper form, the, the hard copies. Yeah. So it depends.
0: And it's because it's, there's a download version, right? You can go, um, I'm pretty sure there's an uh, open download you can access.
1: Yes. Uh, you know. if, you, um, if you become a friend of the encyclopedia, you have the, the entire encyclopedia downloaded. And many other books that you can access. Yes, um, and I think it, it, on the internet, if you go to the website, which is the the the, the organization CIF, the Center for Higher Studies of the of Consciousness. I'm translating into English, but uh, they they are the institution that supports and helps uh, the encyclopedia, because the encyclopedia is inside that campus. You know that. Um so they um so then um yes you become what were well, we? We they can uh you can download through their website. Just going to the YouTube, you have all the videos and also through the CIX um web page, also encyclosapiens.org is the encyclopedias. Oh, yeah. Is the institute? Yeah.
0: So we'll, yeah. I'll, we'll, I'll add all the websites, and also I'll add a. I know there is a um, a bunch of uh, of those discussions that have been translated into English or subtitled or something. Um. So I'll add a link. Um. To those. Yeah,
1: at least people can have a taste, right? Yeah. Taste. Have a
0: taste. Have a see. Have, have a look at how that how that gets put together. Yeah. And a lot of those topics yes. are really interesting, right? Um. A lot of the topics that are. Yes. Discussed it.
1: I am. I. I, I am. Uh, I also. Um, I did like a, a, a initial translation of the of my. I don't know. It, it's it's supposed to be selected. I don't know. But I'm going to talk to the uh, encyclopaedias coordinators and see if that becomes revised and approved. If we can share too, oh, so yeah. then we can attach.
0: That would be great. Yeah. Well, let's, let's get into those topics, right? So you've written two encyclopedic entries. Um, the so far. So I have far. a third
1: one going on. Okay. Right.
0: <laughs> so there's the interphysical, interphysical gossip and thosinology, right? Thosinology. So that's a term we'll have to unpack in a minute for people. But, um, okay, okay. Maybe from our discussion before we started, I got the sense that you had quite a few thoughts around the intraphysical gossip topic. So maybe we can start with that, right? And and any everybody can relate to the concept of gossip, right? That's not a that's not a fancy term. Um, intraphysical gossip basically <laughs> means it's among us people that are in a human body right now. Absolutely.
1: Um, so. You- Do you want to know how, why I chose this topic or how I became, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, back in the, I had, it wasn't my, I have practical experience with it, right? (laughs) So we have to have, my Practical experience with it. And it's not, I I was thinking about that. I always think about that. I didn't, um, yes, by engaging in gossiping, by being the by seeing it, how that would work. Like, either if it was in my family or in my workplace, and that, or if I would have a friend. So I started to pay attention to that more and more. And I was like, you know, I have seen so much of this that was a natural thing for me. And a uh, part of the reason I wanted to write about it is because, first of all, it's something very common that I started to pay attention to it. And of course, when I was the, the victim of a gossip, of course, you don't like that very much. And mm. then another reason is because that uh, I, it started to to bother me when I would engage in something like that. So and you might find yourself feel...
0: gossiping, yes? Is that what you're saying? Like you might be, yes. and you go, oh, yeah. here I am talking about someone else
1: someone else or, or passive listening and then engaging, which is a very, it's another way of supporting that behavior. Yeah. Um, And, and then I started to, um, as I was doing myself research and I was finishing my, my psychology degree, I started to understand, uh, study more, uh, self-defense mechanisms and things like that. And I, and I started to, make a correlation with that, that I would just started to uh, see, well, if I'm criticizing that person, maybe, and even in psychology, in, in, in conscientiology, also we talk about that, if I'm criticizing about someone else, what the, the, does that tell about me? And what do I have inside of me that maybe I'm projecting towards that person? Yeah. So I started to put all these connections you know together and I was like no I can definitely write about this and I don't feel good I said my lucidity started to increase so just repeating it I uh, I I wasn't feeling comfortable with that anymore I was I started to feel the repercussion of when I would say something negative either I was in, uh, most of the time, sometimes we are we are projecting to other person. So I start paying attention to that. And I was paying attention when the energetic aspect of it, that uh, gossipy, and I, I learned that from consensualogy way in the back when we in a class that we give, when we talk about positive extra physical beings and negative extra physical beings, meaning the ones who are, uh, wants to help you and the ones who not necessarily wants to help you. And uh, all of this started to make more sense because I, I was becoming a little bit more aware of my environment. So if I say something, and I would give this example in class, so we would say... So if we start talking about a third person here right now, we go into that aspect of... If if we are talking about someone and we are elevating the person and talking about all their their attributes, the vibration, it's one, right? If we start talking about the the weaknesses of that person,
0: the vibration... Yeah. The judgments
1: exactly right. So then, the 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 energetic aspect of the environment, the vibration of the the energies in the environment, it changes immediately. And I did those tests, and I I started, and then I did a test this before so, I even so thought, so thought about did, writing.
0: Sorry, Simone, but when you say you did those, t- those tests, do you mean you would? kind yes. of be participate in the conversation and the the conversation would maybe put somebody down or complain about someone and you and and you would assess the 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 energetic environment maybe assess any non physical ev- evocations people that would come get involved something like that is that what you mean by when you say you did those yeah. tests yeah
1: yeah i did a test exactly like that and then i would uh, the test by perceiving it, right? Just being aware and trying to perceive when I would go, when the conversation would go to that, um, go go towards that side, or I would do a test. And also I would suggest that doing in class when I was, you know, doing class, I would suggest to the students to, uh, when I was talking about that, I would say, okay, so try to, engage in a gossip and try to stop that and see how hard that is for you to stop it. So someone is kind of talking and you, you can even initiate it and see how that triggers the other person or, and then try to stop it. And by stopping, you can use one technique that is very useful. It's like you say something good about the person. So you say, oh, but that person is also this and that. And you say something, one of the best qualities of the person that you can think of. So it stops immediately. But it's not that easy because the energy starts to kind of, because, do you know what I mean? Is that clear? Well,
0: uh, what I'm connecting with as you're talking is that um, when, when people, there seems to be an aspect in many of us that, is somehow gets some satisfaction from talking about people that we find difficult, that we find frustrating, and if we can complain Mm -hmm. about them, then it's like a release, right? So that's kind Mm -hmm. of, I guess, uh, a a feeling I have around that, right? It's like, man, I find this person so hard. I'll go to my friend over here and I'll say, geez, you know, that." we're releasing that energy.
1: (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We all do that, right? Yeah. But it, but here's the thing, Kim, that I found interesting, is that one thing is that, that is that kind of release that we feel that, uh, but that can be, then we can go into a lotter of that. But the task, when I was, uh, you know, when I was teaching and since we were talking about um, the energies and how that could affect, You know, because if I'm talking something bad, that can evoke the other uh, extra-physical beings that also want to harm that person, for instance. Does that make sense? Does that make sense sense a little bit?
0: Maybe maybe we should provide some context. You know, why would there be extra-physical beings, extra-physical consciousnesses around wanting to harm this person, right? Yeah. yeah. Why, yeah. why would
1: that well, be? Well, we in consciousnessology would say that we this extra physical reality, it's a very dynamic one. Right? We are never alone. alone. So, if I connect with someone energetically, but in a negative way, I can, through my thoughts, I evoke uh Extra physical consciousness who either are with me or closer, but that vibrates in that same kind of energy. Or also the, that the other person has extra physical beings who might be connected to them, and that extra physical consciousness can connect it to me and also reinforce that kind of. Uh, uh, behavior of talking more about that person and all of that. So we talk more about that maybe later on. Um, but the idea that my my you know initial experiment it was around that because I started to uh, in, in you know in teaching concientiology in class we would talk a lot of, uh, in the second level level of the courses we would talk about you know, the helpers and the intruders, yeah. that kind of thing. So, but besides that, what I noticed is that we we have that kind of, a, that every time we say something about someone else, the reason also it feels good is because we remove the attention from ourselves. So now it's not more about why am I upset? Well, maybe it's because I didn't eat well or sleep well or because I didn't exercise or because I'm not doing my, my homework to maintain myself in balance. And maybe someone now is stepping on my toes or you know, it's kind of ups- making me feel upset. But, and then it's easier for us to attribute to that person or complain about that person. And um, usually if we are more balanced and we are more relaxed and we have our, like we, I was telling you that I read your article about non-viol- violence, uh, nonviolent communication, if we have our needs met, usually we are more calm, we are more relaxed, and people don't bother us as much. So either way that we look at it, there's no excuse. It's always our responsibility and the best. It's many times for me. I I, I tell you a funny story that I, I, I like to tell this story because it is about ego defense mechanisms, you know, that I used to work with this friend. And then I, I started to work with him. And I have, I have had, I heard other people saying that uh, how... Uh, Controlling, he was. I started working with him and I was like, yes, he's controlling, isn't he? And this and that, and that, and that. And then I had started, I started to, I was already, you know, a little bit more working a little bit more with myself and doing self analysis and doing uh, work. And I started to think and see my behavior in my house. I started to see my controlling behavior inside my house. That kind of stopped me. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like a classic example of projection right here right now. So I'm attributing to him something that I was not ready to see myself, that I didn't, I was not confronted uh, so strongly and that caught my attention and I, 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 it helped me because I, I stopped because I was like, Oh, don't they say, isn't that a, a something that when you point a finger to another person, you have three fingers towards yeah. us, right?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> that kind of thing. So for me, that made a lot of sense. And I was like, Oh, okay. And I, because I was doing my homework, studying, you know, and, uh, these things I knew about about other mechanisms of defense that I had but I that I had been studying but the controlling one it wasn't my you know the worst one you know from me so that's why it never came up but it was it kind did. Of under the radar point, it was under the radar exactly <laughs> and then it came up and I'm like oh my gosh um It's not easy, but it, it, you know, it it hurts a little bit. Like every, you know, when you discover something about yourself that you, that's not the, you know, the most, um, you know, it's not the the, the huge attribute. Oh, I found out that I'm good at this, you know. But it's, it helped me, you know, in many ways. And it, it became like a classic example because it puts me. The picture, you know, it's it. It is about me. It is about you know. If we are aware, it these things they they help us grow, you know. And they stop and they it helped me in that sense.
0: And so was um, was writing the encyclopedic entry a process that helped you really deepen your own awareness, your self awareness around your own gossip and the role of gossip in. In the workplace and, and all of that?
1: Yes, absolutely. It's so amazing because I was thinking about that today, the difference from when I wrote, when I started, when I finished it, and when I after I presented, also when I defended the the, the entry, it's it created for me now. I feel um, it is a huge difference because. It almost creates an an aura. That's how I can describe it. It creates an aura that you you are less vulnerable to that. You, You study so much about that, and I read so much about it, and plus my own experience, that I'm... And first of all, because people, you know, all my friends, they know that I have been involved in my family. They know that I have been involved with psychology for all these years. And every now and then we, we chit chat. They know what I study about images and all that and multidimensionality. And then we talk about it and I say, oh, I wrote about this. And immediately has a response. People respond to it because it's something, you know, very popular, but not in the people would like to, to write about it. And. For me, it creates an aura that, uh, like I said, I'm just repeating myself, but uh, an aura that it makes me less vulnerable, more understanding, and I can protect myself more from that. And I can avoid that with, very easily because mm-hmm. it's just like something. And then people also, they don't engage in, 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 in that with me as much as before. Because before you are open door, you know, people can come and and sometimes, uh, and if you're a little bit more, I have cases that people would, um, sometimes they would start a conversation and because I was more vulnerable, I I would just start talking. But then you can be manipulated through that as well. You know, at work that can happen. You know, someone, maybe a superior or someone that is a, you know, has a, they come and they start talking or kind of uh, wanting to get information from you. And then energetically, if you're more vulnerable, you just uh, open the door and you're open and just start talking. And, but they are kind of checking everything that you're saying and you are thinking, Oh, they're just being friend, friend. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Those kinds of situations that the yeah. person's open the door, they start, and then they use that to blackmail you or to, you know, Take that into a gossip and talk to another coworker. you know what I mean in the, the work environment, this is really uh, detrimental yes so yeah it was a really big journey indeed
0: yeah, and I'm, I'm curious so there's a couple of things I would like to follow up on one is uh, practical kind of tools that you've now learned. Um, uh, and um, uh, and the other, I guess, is perhaps the impact of of uh, gossip in the workplace. But I would like to, and I'll probably get to that actually through this, I wanted to get a bit of a sense of the, um, the format of these encyclopedic entries, right? It's a little bit difficult to do it via audio, especially because it's in Portuguese and so on. But I guess the point I wanted to, to make, what I found, I've actually struggled over the years. I've looked at the encyclopedia every now and then and I didn't really find it particularly, um, I guess, uh, inviting because it's not really contextually written, right? There's a lot of just um, key words or key phrases dup, 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 under different headings, right? And so, for example, under yes. the heading, and I'm not quite actually quite sure in, in English, the so, parafatology Parafatologia, right? I think is it parafactology? Is that what it means?
1: Factology. Yes. Yeah. The yeah.
0: So parafactology. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got for example, the extra physical facts. Extra physical facts. Okay, yes. extra physical facts. Good good phrase. That's the heading. And then you've got the following, some there's more, but there's these ones. I just pulled them yeah. out. Um yep. the, the the maintenance of the the maintenance of the wheels of the extra-physical intruders, the intoxication, the energetic intoxication of the intra consciousness, and the energetic intoxication of environments. Yes. All right. So these are some of the, the various statements you're making.
1: Yes. Because uh, you said the first one, the, uh, of the self, of the, the last two ones of the intoxication of the person, of the environment, and the first one was what? The wheels of the intrusion? The
0: rodas is wheels, isn't it? A uh, manutenção yes. of rodas, yeah. So the, the maintenance of the, the yes. wheels of the, the intra, extra physical if, intruders.
1: Yes, 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 yes. The, the, these are um, groups of intruders. Uh, or clicks you can see like it's
0: like a it's like a, a uh, okay. yes. like a mob
1: yeah like yes so extra physically like I was saying you know when my I started to to perceive a little bit more um, I started to see that they there is a, a, a sustainability around that because it's not just one intruder, one uh, person, you know. The reality is that that the it's a, several of them that they communicate with each other, yeah. that they gossip as well, and they have many times an advantage over us because they can see more. It's not because they're extra physical beings that they don't, right? They have, they can move faster they are intelligent they are good with energies many of them and well and
0: they know like they know that we are there and we don't know that they are there so that's another advantage right
1: (laughs) another advantage exactly (laughs) absolutely so then if we um so if they have the imagine if we that we we don't have bad intention we don't want to hurt the person necessarily. But I talk about that as a, but if I engage in criticizing someone, it is a form, energetically speaking, of hurting someone. And I use that as a paradox. And then I, there is an entry that I say, well, it's, it's also the paradox is that it hurts me more than it hurts the other person. It hurts me first. And more. But, and they, when they see that, the extra physical beings, when they see that, they can explain around, you know, it's creating, because we have the ones who are funny ones, the ones who really want to mess around, the ones who really want to see the, you know, the, the environment catch fire, you know, let's put this way. So then, because, if I say something that uh, it creates an argument in a work environment, I have seen this several times. I have been working for a long time, right, and I have been working in several institutions, and um, it's so easy if to get that that thing going around that it sustain those those groups. The sustainability is because of the energy. Why? Because the more gossip, more energy, and if I'm talking, we you know we exacerbate a lot of energies when we're talking. Talking bad about someone, it comes that energy with that frequency that invites more of them. So and then maybe, we sustain.
0: Maybe it's important to explain uh, in that context that for for when we're in the extra physical condition. A lot of the time, emotional energy is kind of like a—it's a, a—it's a pleasure. It's a nourishment, right? It's the kind of something that we really uh, live on, in a sense. And so, people are tuned to different kinds of emotional energies that they feel get get satisfaction from. For some, it's for some, it's um, really peaceful and. And balanced emotional energy, but for others, it's it's intensity, it's strife, it's um, you know, some for some for some it's humor. But there is there seems to be a correlation between certain kinds of people in certain states of consciousness, extra physically, and different emotional energies. Right. So, as you're saying, if you have yes. groups of people keeping creating drama in the workplace. There are extra physical people who are really drawn to that and then who will feed into that, right? So it becomes a feedback loop, doesn't it?
1: Yes, a vicious cycle, right? Yeah. And they feed from that and um and they instigate that. Yeah. They instigate that. So then you know it it and the more we 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 perceived like exactly like what you're saying you know in the in the i seen and perceiving in work environment because the only way for you to stop it uh, or for you to when you start seeing that coming it's you know when you have more understanding of the extra physical you know you you have to you have to you, you can play that game Right, you have a lot. Of, that's what we're talking about. earlier about the responsibility is that when you know a lot, you cannot. uh You have a lot of responsibility because if you know all of this and you are sensing it and all of that, and you're still doing it, then you know your your ethical level would not allow you to to keep going. Right, with that, you would have to stop at some point because you, you just don't want to play that game anymore mm. and sustain those groups and they it's exactly what you said you know they feed from it the same way that uh you know others would rather have some source of energies that are lighter right that it's you know and, and i think this is so easy for us to see who when you perceive energies that you know when you talk about someone you know in a When you talk about, I was thinking about that today. I was like, oh, the example can be when you talk about joy, gratitude, forgiveness, fraternity, love, and all these positive sentiments. It's one source of uh, right energy. And then when you start talking about other things, anxiety, and fear, and hate, and you know, and all the the other emotions, different sentiments, right? If you put energy into it you yeah. got to put that the charge yeah and that's why if we charge it with energy that's why it's so hard to stop it because then we are not alone anymore do you know what i mean yeah. so when we start talking and we put a lot of charge then that's right. we're not this, alone
0: anymore yeah yeah and then others are adding charge to it right yeah
1: yeah, yeah. and then the the you mentioned about the individual uh, intoxication. It's that right because we 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 get intoxicated by our own energies or by and by the other. If we are we cannot talk by ourselves, right? but we can also get intoxicated by our thoughts. <laughs> but you know, in this sense, we are talking to someone else. So I get intoxicated by my own talking. By the energy that I'm producing, I intoxicate, I create, I intoxicate the other person, and vice versa. So that is the whole connection there of energies of one person or several people intoxicating everyone, and that energy that is generated by, by the person or the, the, the group, it's intoxicating the environment. Because energy is something that uh, uh, most of us already know that, or if we don't know, or if we have experience with that, but it impregnates into things. So that's why some people, they have, uh, they are so, the energies are so pleasant that you want to be close to them. Some people, some environment, you get in and it's so heavy. Uh, energetically speaking that you know is being intoxicated so they the of course it's very uh and i'm sure um if we are talking about bad things right it would or if i'm feeling bad and now it's a very simple in the gossip is one thing if we're talking about bad person people and if you're sensitive with energies, you get into that place. I was not that sensitive at the beginning, so don't take me wrong. But after studying, involved for two decades, you learn something, right? We we should. <laughs> so when I started to pay more attention to uh, the energies on environments, I would you would get in, and you can sense sometimes even perceive what was said. The the you know and all those kind of the, the, the energies are there and the energies is it's information and then the information is there and you get affected by that yeah um, so it's that's how i i perceived it and that's what i meant by that mm-hmm. And it, it, i remember valdo saying also something that i never forgot and other instructors that we should leave a place wherever you go you should leave the place better than when you arrived. Remember that, Kim?
0: Absolutely. Yep.
1: <laughs> right? Even with, that's a classic it yeah. was in causing challenges. So,
0: leave the place speaking, better right? than you.
1: In- yeah, yeah. Exactly. Energetically, energetically speaking.
0: speaking. Yeah.
1: So,
0: yeah. and that's it. So. Yeah. And, um, I think that relates to so. There's another. So I've just pulled out a few kind of, of these kind of phrases from different parts of your your um, entry, right? So okay, there's the the principle, the principle of um, that that a person evolu- uh, evolves more quickly who does not intrude others. Yes, absolutely. Right. And in absolutely. some way. that really flows from what you just said in the sense that, um, you know, if you're, if you're engaging in gossip and we classify that as a form of intrusion, um, you then are associated with extra physical consciousnesses unconsciously who kind of are in that same groove, in that same flow of energy. Your own energy becomes denser, more intoxicated. And all of that slows you down, right, and as far as we understand evolution, which is around expansion and opening and growth.
1: Exactly. And, and, and you know, it, it goes against all the principles of, of evolution. It really does because, first of all, if we go back, we are hurting ourselves first and others, we are not learning about ourselves because if I do my homework, uh, I would know that uh, I probably have more weak traits than that person. Or And if I really want to understand about evolution, the third part is about assistance. So if I want to help someone, I cannot keep saying it, even if I cannot help the person directly, at least don't say anything, right? Mm -hmm. Zip it. We used to say that we have one mouth and two ears, right? So then we just keep it quiet. Don't say anything. Don't add to the fire, right? And if we cannot be a helper, let's not be an intruder either. That's the the idea there. And that's what I have been, I have been uh, yeah, the idea of, uh, behind that, um, because, I mean, we are not perfect. We are not, you know, the most... Uh, uh, we don't expect to be helper, right? And not to be... We should. I think this is... It's a goal that we should have. I certainly have. But... And I, I was like... I cannot be doing trying to do assistance to one group, but then I talk bad about the, the another person. So I can try to help someone, but then I victimize another person or, or that kind of thing. I mean, we all know it's not that we're going to be a hundred. Uh, but if we understand that and we understand. The multidimensional aspect. I think this principle—it's a—it's a classic also to to avoid. Right? We want to help. We help more if we um, ideas that we would help as much as we can. And don't take me wrong. Sometimes it's—it's it's hard to help. Right? the person disturbed. And the the person doesn't want to hear or or I don't know. The person doesn't want to be helped. I have people like that. You, know, we all have people like that in our families or in our our coworkers, or, but it doesn't mean that I'm also gonna you know, take up or criticize that person with all right with everything. And sometimes we are more aware. We have we see a lot of things from that person, and you can say and you can see it. But if we try to, we can go wrong. By trying to concentrate on the the strong traits of that person, that's what the the more evolved beings do with us because if they would give up the first time that we messed up, I can tell you that I would be without any by right, anyone helping me because if if they would give up on us and they have all this patience so I think it's a good example i i think. Inspiration, you know, the 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 more evolved and, and that we can perceive and, and see that we receive assistance from them. Yeah, it was the inspiration there, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I love that actually. That patience to, you know, because absolutely a part of being, well, certainly part of for me being a human is being to make so many mistakes and, um, you know, get go down so many wrong paths all over the years. And I've always had the sense that there is um, a loving support to guide to help me back. Yes. You know, as soon as I'm open, support is there, right? So Exactly.
1: That's exactly with
0: me. Yeah. So that's a great that is thing a thing. huge example. A great thing to aspire to to embody that in, in ourselves. Absolutely realized same thing i
1: feel him you know yeah. yes about relationships yes i felt i feel the same thing that you know you took wrong turns and you do you know you you make mistakes and you do you know really stupid things that you should have done or but the moment you you recognize that the moment you say you know they are there and and supporting you and and saying all these good things about you that's how i feel about You know, the the way I perceive them. They don't throw you under the bus, right? That's the intruder, enemy kind of a a posture. No, you have all these good things. Let's keep going. Let's, because, you know, because you are aware, you know, part of it is because we are aware and we want to be better. And I think that's all They, they, they care. And they understand that we are in a restricted condition, right? And um, so that is really you see how the energies move when we start talking about one uh, one type of uh, entities and another type of entities the energies move when we when we talk about those things
0: absolutely when you talk about helpers it's um it's one of the things I I really uh Giving that class, right? The consensus, giving the in the conscious development program where you talk about intruders and helpers, it could be extremely yes. tangible, the, the 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 shift of energy in the classroom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let's think about that class. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, so another so then you, you have a, a list of binomials, right? So binomials are a concept that is used quite often in conscientiology to pl- bring together two ideas that are related in in one way or another right and um so what i just wanted to ask you about one of them and that's the binomial of horizontal communication vertical communication um what were you getting at with that and how does it relate
1: (laughs) yeah well this is more like in a in an organization setting that when we talk about more in an equal in the equal level, also, of talking, of communication, that you put everybody in the same kind of, uh, uh, same type of uh, level, that you treat everybody equal, that you don't make, uh, you don't differentiate the person who is, you know, at level A or level B, that doesn't uh, really play a role, and you talk to everybody on the same level and you put everybody having that open communication also helps avoid um, gossip in institutions, because everybody's informed, everybody's well informed what what was going on, as opposed to when it's vertical that the, let's say only the top management knows what's going on. We see that very often, right? Yeah. The top management have the meetings, and then a lot of people. When it gets to the bottom, depending on the size of the, the the company or the organization, people don't know, and that creates a lot of gossip because they start asking. And then imagine, like the you know the the that kind of game. The that it, it, one communication starts here, and then it it. it Someone says something by the end, by at the end, when it gets to the bottom, it's a completely different story. That is a game, right? About that, that it's um, one kid say something in your ear, and then you pass that along.
0: Yeah, at the, the end
1: Chinese. of the line, the Chinese, yeah.
0: Chinese whisper. So, uh, but as I'm saying Chinese whisper, yeah. I'm thinking it's uh, why are we even calling Chinese it Chinese whisper. whisper, not just any old whisper? <laughs> Yes, why are
1: Chinese, right? Maybe they used to do that a lot. (laughs) We have to find out why is that. I forgot the name. Uh, So that is the type of thing that can be avoided when we think about everybody and we openness. Everybody, Everybody deserves to know what's going on. And then everybody gets the information, meetings, meetings, meetings. To let everybody know what's going on, and then it avoids a lot of gossiping and, and turmoil and stress, right? And um, the fights you know, and um, miscommunication, yeah. pretty much.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. So I, I was I, I was going to ask you. Now that you're in a different place, you talked about that aura of, um, (laughs) it's not quite what you said, but I'm getting this image of the aura of invincibility, (laughs) right? Like gossip doesn't, gossip (laughs) will not pass through here anymore, right? Um, (laughs) So so now now you're in your workplace and you know, you're at the, you're at the, I don't know, well, not right now because you're now in a home isolation, but when you're back at work, you're at the, in the, in the tea room. And um, a couple of colleagues come in and start complaining about another colleague who isn't there, oh, such and such. What what techniques do you now have? What approach do you now have to not be a passive bystander or, a, you know, unconscious participant in that?
1: Yes. Well, one good technique is that uh, you say you will, you just don't listen. You say, I... Busy, keep yourself busy, and, and you leave. Because the gossip will not spread if you do not listen to it. That's one thing. So you, you if you really don't want to, you just don't listen to it. Because some people think, well, I'm going to be rude. I have to listen to... Uh, and especially if it's someone that is in a higher position than you are. Then it can be more intimidating. Usually... It's not usually it's the same kind of, uh, but it could be, and um, so one thing is that you just really you have you find an excuse and you leave because if you so, even if you, uh,
0: I was just going to say I mean so that that would I mean that's very easy if there's a group of people, and you just walk <laughs> away right if it's just you and somebody's talking to you, um, then I guess you have to. Be more direct, and yes. I mean, uh,
1: you have I guess, to be more direct.
0: Would you speak to it, right? Would you speak to the fact that yeah. maybe you I know would, you don't really want to talk about someone who isn't there or something? Make some explicit yes. statement.
1: Yes, because some people, um, I want to say two things here. That some people they don't know, they are confused. Like, oh, this is not gossip. Or it was just a chit chat. No, if it's something, so I want to clarify that because some people have questions about that. So if it's something that you would never say in front of the per- person, it is gossip. If it's something that is negative, that putting the person down, that is anything that you that you would that you even if all the coworker is getting promoted and then you say well but how come oh why you know oh maybe the person is sleeping with the boss or anything like that it's gossip right so it's not just a chit chat so because some people i i heard that also like oh uh no, no my intention was good you know well we have to reflect about that because if you're saying anything bad about the person it cannot be a good intention Right? Or if you were would not say in front of the person, I think that's a good I test.
0: Yeah, if you wouldn't say in front of the person, that's a, that's a good test.
1: I love that. I love that one because that okay, you nip it in the bud, right? You can't go wrong with that. It's it will, if you don't have the courage to say in front of the person, so then it's gossip. Yeah. So I one thing that I that I use that uh it's really good. It's to say something positive. you say, you know what, but you know, the other day she did or he did this, this and this. That was really actually nice. And I say, oh, you know, that guy is always, you know, working on, he doesn't talk to anyone or he, you know, he leaves this thing here or he always do, you know, he doesn't talk to anyone. He thinks he's like, um, oh, he's a nerd or he doesn't want to uh, engage, and we invite him to go out, or whatever, because this is like, right, it's, we don't think it's something bad, but in a way, it is something bad, right, that can trigger a lot of a lot of talking about that, so then uh, um, when we, so someone has to stop it, right, and we they are more aware, we can say something positive about the person, you have to see the reaction, even if not physical, the energetic reaction that that causes and the person might not talk to you anymore that is part of the creating the aura because you're now welcoming that type of conversation and more and more they feel like, oh, you know that person's like doesn't like those things anymore and my work I actually, one time, I said, you know, I don't like gossiping. <laughs> I did say that to one person. Yeah. I said, I, I really don't like gossiping. I said that. and Well, that
0: way it's very clear, I'm not right? the
1: most popular around them.
0: Huh? You, you became the next target of gossip. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah. But that's why it's a price, right? That we pay. But at least, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. So I think those are good things to do. And you know, we don't understand about energies, keeping it that. And you know, and it's good. You know, it feels good to to um, to make a compliment, not to compliment the person. Say so, you know that person, but you know she's not all that. Oh, he's not all that bad, you know. Yes, they. I know, I know. Yeah, I know they did this. This and that bad, but you know, the person has also this, this, and this good. You know, yeah. let's be fair. That yeah. Kind of thing, you know. Yeah. So.
0: Okay. Look, I, I would like to talk a bit about your other uh, encyclopedic entry as well. So I think we we need to jump to that now, and that is the Thosynologist right i think that's how you translate it. Um, yeah
1: i haven't i have that i haven't um um yes we can talk in conjunction with uh because it's it's part of it it's it, that is not printed yet
0: so. oh i see so you haven't actually presented that yet Yeah. you mean
1: no i have not okay so we can uh, yeah but we can talk more like uh um, because that, you know, I have to be there in Brazil to present that. So the other one was presented and it's part of the, the encyclopedia. I'm so happy that it's part of the encyclopedia
0: okay. um, in print. So know, in the making. Yeah.
1: Yes. But it covers a
0: really interesting topic. So I think we should, uh, I think it would be good to just briefly um, uh, discuss some of those yeah. concepts because yeah. it's very important. But to start with, maybe yes. uh, it might be helpful to explain um, what does that even mean? Thosy right? So, what is the thosing yes. and the thosy So that would be a good place. Mm-hmm. to go.
1: Yeah, I tell you. Do you want to know how I uh, uh, why I decided to write about that too? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the reasons was the reasons I was in the, taking a course, and then the instructor said, "Well." What, what do you guys want to be when you, in your next life? And the only thing I could think of was Thorsenologist. Because uh, when I met Consentrology, the other thing that also called my attention a lot, it was about the concept of thoughts, which right. is thoughts, sentiments, and energies, right? Thoughts, thoughts, sentiment and, and sentiment and energies that comes, you know, it's how we as consciousness manifest. Either if we are in the here in the intra now with the physical body, or if we are projected in another dimension, we still manifest this way, right, through our thoughts, sentiments and energies. So that. Him was another thing that it hooked me. I was like, "Of course, I know this already, right?" I this is so uh, w- wonderful and makes so much sense. So then I I started. I decided to to write about it, and nobody had uh, except for, of course, it was Vaud who proposed this terminology, and then I decided to write about it because I I. I'm really passionate about about. Um, I'm very interested. Shouldn't say passion. I'm interested in this, and I think it has everything to do with us developing our, our power perceptions, the perceptions of our energies, everything that I that we spoke about. Yeah, gossiping. It's completely in line with that, right? Because if I think something and then I have a feeling, and then I say something, and, and then the charge. So that's how it became. So Thorsianologist would be, sorry, I was going to another direction here, but the just is the, the the consciousness or the beings who are uh, specialized in the, the quality one of the ways is that to the quality, or yeah, the quality because it can be a good quality or bad quality. So, the quality of the, the those scenes, or the way that that is presented, yeah. and So, we yeah, so it becomes the person becomes specialized in how that affects also the environment. So if I start thinking about uh, something positive, how would that affect my environment? That's why affirmations are so powerful, right? Because if I start thinking...
0: They focus your thoughts and your feelings, right, and create an energy. Yes.
1: The energy, also mindfulness, right? If you focus in what you're doing and you're doing it and you're thinking positive thoughts... That also creates, you know, a good sentiment and the energies. So we can separate those three three elements in in our manifestation as consciousness. And so the the specialists on this, they study all the effects, either in the body, out of the body, uh, between lives, under pressure, under no pressure, what you are creating, what others are creating, what others are creating, what has been created in that environment, how to, can you eliminate that, what has been created. So it just studies all the, the elements of that. That it's, you know, it really is one of the, the attributes, King, also of, um, of our evolution. You cannot evolve if you don't pay attention to this, also. Right?
0: Absolutely. Well, it's our fundamental, I think, as you said, it's, it's how we manifest. It's how we. It's how we are. It's what we are. It's what we create. It's our the thoughts, the sentiments, and the energy. And I, I was intrigued. There was something you said there, and that's that's about how we. This being under pressure and not being under pressure, right? Because, um, uh, in terms of getting to know our own inner life and our own patterns of thoughts and emotions, um we might if we live a very uh f- free life you know if we have if we're financially well off and we're um just have a secure job and um, we don't have children for example that you know pressure us um we can have a certain self image and we can have be in a certain bubble of creation creation of positive thoughts and emotions and then um for example, speaking as a parent, and then you have children and then you are sleep-deprived and you have people that are constantly wanting things of you. And suddenly you're generating thoughts and emotions you never knew you had, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I, I wish this little know person know. was dead <laughs> or gone or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, where did that come from? <laughs> um Or if you're in financial hardship, right? If you're, if you're, um, so Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. That just sort of came up as as, if, if how the diversity of, you know, how complex we are, and how an image that we might have of ourselves can get completely thrown out, thrown out, and other things arise when this life around us changes. Um, Absolutely. Don't know if you have any thoughts about
1: that. Yes, I do lots of them because <laughs> I have been, you know, we it it's yeah, I have experienced all of all of that, and they, that's exactly what what you said, and it it's very intriguing because when you are in disease, right, well, if we, or if you are in distress in this in this condition, if we are under distress and we are not. And it puts a lot of pressure on us. And I see that because, you know, if you have kids, you are thinking about their future perhaps, or they are always taking, taking our time away. And, you know, I see people now um, under stress because of, of what's happening and the uncertainties, for instance. So they I used to say, and I think I read this, probably read somewhere that I remember, but if they stress that you were in, you would tell a lot about about our condition, how we are at that moment. And it's all a mental game. And I started to realize uh, that there's a lot of people that talk talk about that as well. And the mental game that if we think uh, in the here now, we eliminate the anxiety, right? Part of the anxiety. Another, if we think about, it's like thinking about. Uh, well, the worst that can that can happen is that I'll I'll die. Well, if you die, if you think about, well, if I die, I don't really die. There's life after death. But then you know, then it's like, oh, yeah, but I don't want to go now but it can create stress, but it cannot create stress. Also, if we kind of, uh, if we kind of control that the way we, we think about that. So I have had, you know, um, times that I, and I was thinking about that the other day that I could have, that I got so anxious because I lost my job at that time. And, I got so nervous, you know, that I was going to lose, I, I was I wasn't going to have money to pay for the mortgage and uh, that I was going to, you know, what I'm going to do, but it was like an immediate uh, charge of stress and anxiety that if I had stopped and then I stopped and thought through it I was like, it's not going to happen from one day to another, you know, you can work that out in a very in a more positive way and think you know oh, we still have time you can find another job in the meantime you can borrow money and whatnot so I feel like that uh um, this kind of uh, situations it can it happen if we don't have control over the way we're thinking and if we Thinking, uh, like you said, those kind of thoughts that comes to our minds that we question: is this really me thinking, or it's not? Because that is another thing, right? Sometimes it's really our thoughts, but sometimes it's not. Yes, I know that for sure. You you
0: use the word zenothosine in um, in your uh, entry right. So the xenothosine is like a thosine from uh, external, yes. right?
1: external. So when someone else right, it's kind of a sending a thought, and of course the thought will come with a sentiment with energies and it can influence us right. So it's um, that's the, the other thing, and I have experienced that myself. That and that comes with the. Knowing who you are and knowing who, how you think, usually. Not that we're not going to have any bad thoughts. Of course, sometimes you do, but you have to know the level of bad thoughts that you have. And sometimes it's it's not necessarily a bad thought, but it can be a, a thought that comes with a charge of of emotion that can trigger, you know, you to think in a in a in a maybe a depressive way or in an anxious way, right? To put like a, a type of thoughts in your, about, you know, concerns about the future. But don't take me wrong. I'm not saying that all the time. And you know that. That it's not all the time that we that we can just blame every bad thoughts thoughts that we have or any, uh negative emotion that we might have that's it's not coming from me yes a lot of times it's coming from us but a lot of times it's not right a lot of times are not coming from from us and that's exactly what you um yeah so i think um do you want to say anything about that because
0: No, no, I was just, it was really just around around that, yeah, just explaining that a bit, talking about that.
1: So, and and I think the... um, I think this is fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. To be able to know that, Kim. Yeah. You know, to be aware of that. It solves a lot of problems, I notice, you know, in myself when I, because before I I used to just, uh, since we, have a little bit of time. we can develop on that a little bit before I used to think everything is me. it's all from me. Okay? and then you learn well, some things are, and even traits that I thought was coming from me, I realized later that no, many of these sentiments and emotions were I was being influenced, yeah. So not only, but, you know, really through a, a level that is more in, in a thought-level process, which is harder for you to identify. Mm. But uh, it's, it's quite interesting, at least. It was quite well, I mean,
0: and I think the flip side is that, that that happens sometimes when people first become aware of this, right? When people first become aware that, oh, man, I'm, I, there, I can be influenced by extra-physical consciousnesses even in my thoughts and my feelings, that people then, they, there can be a tendency to kind of attribute everything that we don't like about ourselves or that seems like sudden to that external influence. That's kind of the flip side from going from a state of everything is me to, oh, actually all those bad things that I don't like, they're actually from the outside. And then there's really that, yes. that process of unpacking, right, of, of really understanding um what do we carry from our family and from our own multi-existential history and and what extra physical companions do we bring along that are tapped into that and that amplify things or yeah yeah
1: because it's a way of remember that is always like that's why manipulation is something really negative that that comes from this kind of a consciousness that thinks similar things like that because it is a sort of source of manipulation. Because if I, I'm inducing someone to think or to feel differently, I can, I send a, a, a charge, you know, it's like, like a dart. I, you can even feel it. It's almost like a dart of that comes charged. And you absorb that and you feel that. And because you grew up perhaps in an environment that you, you rationalize you 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 try to understand why those sentiments are coming from and you start to know well it's coming from because of this 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 and that and it makes sense and you thought okay I have to deal with this and I, I'll deal with it as much as I can and now and that's why I understand so much why uh, Valdo was so emphatic about the vibrational state and working with your energies and do your work do your work and get better do it because it's only through this or perhaps for other people other ways but that we become more aware at least in my experience it's it, this journey of then by working really hard and by Gaining more experience, that I started to really unveil this whole thing that I, you know, that many times I was thinking that, well, how I got into things that perhaps I shouldn't have uh, got into, or that, you know, part of your growing up and uh, family, being a teenager, and before you, you want to become more aware. And I went actually to a phase that I I actually, I did not want to be aware because I didn't like my reality. So then I was like, no, I don't want to see it. Right. So you kind of go to the other extreme. You kind of try to numb all of that, which is, you know, immaturity. Right. It's, it's part of it. It was, it's part of my history in this lifetime. But when you become more aware And then you start to unveil, as we call it. Also, sometimes we give as a analogy, taking the layers, right? That of the the, we start to see that you know how complex this is, and how much we are influenced, and how much, and then you become more who you really are, And, and things that we try to make sense just because I was feeling certain way. And then you start to say, no, you know, this is not really me. You know, I don't think like that. You know, I don't feel like that. I'm not really depressive. I'm actually good-humored. You know, I'm up-beaten. Up I am up upbeaten. i do not feel – though. then there's no space for for that kind of connection. You know, it doesn't mean that sometimes you're not going to worry about something or you're not going to get, you know um, – Maybe sad about something if you have something happening yes. to you, but it's a different, completely different level, right? Yeah. Than being vulnerable, yeah. completely vulnerable, you yes. know, to anything and to anyone. Yeah, it's very, very, okay. very interesting.
0: And so, yeah, because I was going to ask you about the vibrational state because that's one of the the points you make in your in your um, draft entry. There's the quality of the vibrational state. And just for people listening um, uh, who have not familiar with that, the vibrational state refers to a, uh, a state that's induced through the application of a, an energy technique by intention with your will. And actually, the very first in the very first episode of this podcast, I actually talk you through. You could go back and listen to that. I actually, do a guided installation of a vibrational state.
1: Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Yes, Kim. Because there are two things. Not that uh, that I can say about that is that you know in my in my entry there I mentioned about first the the completely control. It's with our our thoughts, right? And then if you are if your emotions are calm and you're relaxed, that's when it happens. I have had times when I you know sometimes you're trying and but your body's tense, right? And then the moment you relax, the vibration state happens. And also times that you technically we could just think about it and it would happen yeah i i think i'm fortunate enough i to say that sometimes even if i don't feel the vibrations per se i feel the repercussions in my body if i think about it if i command the vibration state and depending on the environment and my, and my condition at that time, um, you can think about it and you can feel the vibrational state happening, with what, which I call it instantaneous vibrational state. Mm-hmm. Right, that you think and it happens. So I think for all of us, if you command strong enough, strongly enough, uh, it happens. It's just that because we don't feel the the energies. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's different. If we are more, and uh, you might be able to, to feel that too, but um, sometimes we are dealing with a lot of things at the same time. And then that is, you know, you don't feel it. The full, full charge, right? The full charge. So I think for me that it's also because it's a mental thing, right? The energy work is a completely mental exercise. So if we if we take charge of that, you know, take you know that that that's you know as a uh, when you understand and take charge of that you of that attribute that we all have, you you don't second guess yourself, you know, you, you go for it, and sometimes out of um, of necessity. You have to, you know, to be to become stronger, right? Or To use more of that. Hopefully, you know. Usually, you know, the idea is that we don't need to have a. a, a we don't. Ideally, we would not have to have like a, a, to clean up a place for ourselves to do the vibrational state. We could do it all the time, just to think about it yeah right and of course you do the energy do the movement like you said you have described it but it's all it's pretty much optimization of our energies, right
0: yeah yeah exactly it creates like a reset yes, isn't,
1: like, like isn't a reset? it like a yeah. reset, like a reset
0: yeah so. yeah and, and because of that it's really helpful in in allowing us to distinguish kind of what's inner and what's outer right um, because of that. Yes. You keep going back to that. Because SM.
1: what I, absolutely, what I notice is, it's that, um, when we work more, and me working more, with my, um, <clears throat> with my energies, and we, we do become stronger, but I think we are, for me at least, it took me, that again goes into everything that we that we that I have learned in all these years is that once we are more aware of the extra physical reality and that we are not alone, pretty much never alone, extra physically speaking. Yes. Um, right. So we kind of um, it helps us also because sometimes you feel, oh yeah, I I heard this, I learned this, but it's theory. I haven't experienced that. Once you start to feel that you actually are not alone, you take more, you have a, more, a, a, a bigger sense of, of emergency, a sense of emergency to take action, to avoid that, to clean up. So if I go to a place that I don't perceive energies at all, well, I might go to sleep without working with my energies. But if I go into a place, once we start perceiving more, and you perceive that uh, there is a lot of things happening there, that the place is dirty, energetically speaking, you might take more more charge, you take, you know, take action. Yeah. You might yeah. take more action. And, and I think the toxenologist would, it's, you know, working with that on a constant base, right, to mm. optimize that, um, to to use this tool, this evolutionary tool, to kind to to optimize your your life, pretty much right? why we are here, and then yeah. we just when we are not here in a different um, aspect, and this has a lot to do, Kim, um, uh, with the with the gossip aspect of it.
0: Okay. because if
1: I' if I'm stronger mentally and I will also energetically that that is part of the the strength the mental strength to stop it to avoid it to practice to stop it you know that's the game that I was into so you practice on how to stop it how right. to get a group of people talking about something and then you just bring that to another. Realm, you, you raise that by s- talking something good, you know. You just change the entire everybody like people look at each other, like, Oh, okay, we are in a different topic now. Yes, we are in a different topic. Let's talk about this and that. I, I have done the, this with my family. Oh, that's what? Oh, you know what? Let's talk about this now. Also, you know? that kind of thing,
0: yeah. And then it changes. Changes everybody's scenes right? You can you can be a everybody. You can be a positive xenothoscene in that sense. Like you introduce a new Thosine into a group and suddenly the conversation focuses on something uplifting, connecting, engaging, inspiring.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's not that hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not that hard, it's just
0: we 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 actually we're actually having to wrap up now. I think we've sort of, I haven't quite kept time, and I think we're sort of at the two-hour mark. Um, but I, I did want to say, I think the point that you made, I think is really important about the fact that, and I, f- I feel it ties it all together in a way, like that we're not alone. We're never really alone, right? And and in the chapter for the knowledgeist, you talk about, or you mentioned the myth of Thosinic privacy, right? The myth... That we have private thoughts, feelings, and energy emission. Because really, somebody is usually listening and is usually present. Um, And so that also applies. So that then makes me think back about the gossip. Because even if you're not articulating the gossip, if you are, you know, gossiping or scenically, you're still feeding into the network.
1: Absolutely, yes. And I think that is such a good point because, yes, it is a myth because we think that, oh, I can just think whatever I want and I'm not affecting anybody or, no, we are affecting ourselves first, right? We are affecting the environment that we are in. We are affecting the people that are in the environment, and we are affecting the person or whatever we are thinking, if we are thinking about another person, and we also um, affecting the uh, the environment, right? That uh, you know affecting the other person and affecting the extra physical team. Yeah. Because because we are not private, so if we the other um, because it's a myth. We are not, there's no privacy in the multidimensionality. There's no organic or privacy of thoughts. And we have a a bigger responsibility because we are affecting also, we are giving, sending good examples or bad examples to the extra physical beings that are around us, right? So it's about them as well. And so then that becomes it becomes another layer because when we have kids, like you have kids, you have to good give good examples, right? And our families and things like that. We wonder, you know, we think about them immediately. And we think, but then it goes to another layer that we have to do. At work I'm thinking about them too. I don't wanna I'm not gonna engage on that, right? Or I'm not gonna You know engagement. Then we have our extra physical companions. You know that uh, our thoughts um, that we can make that connection stronger if it's a good thoughts and with helpers, or also make that connection very strong with uh, the ones that are that that are not there and also in a. Uh, I, I I say that uh, if the, your thoughts it, it reflects our level of health so if uh, if we say or if we think too many bad things either we, uh, through the gossiping or through just thinking that it, it is a, a habit and it can be a disease because if it's a chronic habit it becomes a, a disease and that can be part of the whole. The whole feeding that we that uh, the person might have difficulty in stopping it. So yes. it's really important to to right. It's a, it for me it 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 becomes uh, it, it is a disease because if you have a lot of bad thoughts, we know it, ha- it affects the entire body. Right, that's why we have depression, anxiety. It's all because of the the thinking process. Right. But if it's the gossiping, it's is also a disease because it's a habit. Right. It's something that is hurtful for to the person. So it all goes. It all goes together,
0: right? And and it really shows how the so the 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 person is not separate from the collective, you know, we're all connected that way. Um one person's disease, if you want to call it a disease, right, affects the environment around it because we're actually a a joint organism um, of beings together. So, yeah, it's a really yes. important, I think it's a really important area of research and, um, you know, it's something that I know you, you were saying before the interview that you're trying to, you want to take, make the practical, uh, ap- give, give practical application to in your workplace, right, and in your work in in non-government organisations and so on. So um,
1: Yes, I do, because I think it's a really good way, I mean, not in not every place I can talk about that's but that I gossiping is something very common that yes. people can understand. And I think, you know, just by playing, just by doing my part and in sometimes, you know, consulting and helping uh, organizations to avoid that, it's something that I enjoy very much. And I think it's very, you know, it can be very beneficial to a lot of people, intra- multi multidimensionally speaking, so yeah. it's
0: something that I enjoy doing, it and I yeah, yeah, no, and I think it's a really, really useful and important contribution, you know, to to our collective well-being. So thank you so much, Simona, for introducing us to the encyclopedia and to your specific areas of research. I really appreciate your contribution. <laughs>
1: Oh, thank you, Kim. It was a pleasure being here with you. I really appreciate it, the opportunity. Really good.
0: I really hope you got some value out of today's episode. If you did, why not leave a positive review on iTunes and share it on social media to help others find it. The tune seeing us out is another one from Axel Teslev. This one is called Akasha. You can find more information about today's guest on my website, multidimensionalevolution.com, including any links to their work and their contact details. On my website, you'll also find my blog and information and reviews about my book, Multidimensional Evolution, which you can purchase in any good bookstore if you want to show your love for this show and get practical info for your own exploration of consciousness. Finally, please get in touch, whether it is to ask questions, share experiences, or suggest guests and topics. I always love hearing from people, as I believe it is through sharing with each other that we can all grow together. Until then, or until you tune in again, I am sending you my very best energies.